Welcome to the Small Business Sessions powered by Zero. My name is Emma Jones, founder of Enterprise Nation, and every week we invite in entrepreneurs and experts here to our head office in East London to offer tips on how to start and grow a business. And I am very happy that this week I have got the excellent Gary Turner, who indeed is co-founder and UK Managing Director of Zero. So Gary, welcome. It's great to be here, Emma. So lovely to have you. So Gary, we're going to talk today about how you attract and retain a great workforce. But before that, tell us a little bit about the Zero background and your growth in the past couple of years. We've been going for just uh, about 10 years, just over 10 years. Business actually started in New Zealand with a view that uh, because New Zealand's so small that it was an opportunity, um, albeit that's where the business originated, that this was a global business in the making. And so New Zealand is still a big part of our origin story and, and where all we're going, but we're now significantly bigger outside of New Zealand. So we're in Australia, in the UK, obviously in the US. I'm on a plane to South Africa at the weekend because we're just opening up in South Africa and Asia. And um, the business is growing really, really quickly. Um, we have over 1.2 million businesses subscribing to the platform globally, uh, over a quarter of a million in the UK. And we work with SMBs who make up the vast majority, as you know, of all, of all businesses. And so there are millions of businesses in the UK that are running on spreadsheets, running on old ways of working, and zero is increasingly becoming a really uh, popular alternative to that for them. And so we're growing really quickly. We're grow- growing over 50, 60% in the UK every year. It's wow. fantastic. And Enterprise Nation is a customer of Zero. We love it. We recommend it wherever we possibly can. I know your name is beautiful accounting software and literally every small business I talk to who uses Zero says, yes, that is so true. So we love everything that you do. But let me, just before we talk about kind of the people that you hire, you mentioned that rapid growth rate that you've had now for a few years. As leader in the UK, and I know now your territory is Europe, Middle East, as you say, kind of South Africa, where you're opening up. How do you evolve as an individual to kind of stay not just on top of that growth, but almost kind of ahead of it. So just kind of talk personally first, I guess, about your role in the company and how your role's evolving as the growth happens. Um, So my business card is the same as it was nine years ago. Um, But my job is very different. Um, Nine years ago, uh, there was three of us in the UK, uh, literally bootstrap. You need something done, you have to do it yourself and you have to wear multiple hats. And so my role has changed in that time. and that I, a lot of the things I, I used to worry about alongside hiring people and running the business and making sure the sales are coming in, like strategy and, and business development and strategic development, now occupy more of my time because I've had the privilege of being able to attract really great managers into the business. And so my job is very different to what it was nine years ago. Um, I think one of our philosophies and values is, is constantly looking ahead. And I think uh, up until uh, um, my involvement with Zero, I think businesses traditionally management's all about looking at what did we do last month? Are we on budget? Where are we? You're kind of looking over your shoulder. You're looking backwards on how you performed. You're not necessarily thinking what you're going to do in the next month or the next year. And on a high growth business, I think you constantly have to be looking ahead and almost disregard disregard yesterday, always thinking about tomorrow. Um, And the faster you go, and a really simple little philosophy is if you're driving a car really fast, you don't look over the edge of the bo- end of the you, bonnet. You also don't look back. You don't look back and you don't look, you don't steer by just looking what's immediately in front of you. You look a few hundred yards down the road and see if there's a bend coming or you need to slow down or you need to speed up. And, and I think running a, a high growth business is a bit like that. You constantly have to be looking a year, two years down the line. What's happening in your industry? What are the changes? What are the dynamics? What's the new technologies coming down the line? 
and anticipate them. Because if you don't anticipate them and they show up unexpectedly, you don't have much, you're flat-footed, you can't really respond. You're in trouble. No, I love that analogy of the first car. I've never heard that before, but as you say, it's so true. If you're going at speed, look ahead. And how have you, so it's great to hear kind of that's what you do, and as leader of the company, you can kind of, I guess in a way, not necessarily take time out of the business anymore, but you can be thinking what next. What is it that you're looking for when you recruit this great team that you've referenced who do manage the kind of day-to-day and and I don't know if you're still involved in the hiring of every person in the UK, but what what are the skills and attributes you're looking for when taking people on? Um, so I used to be involved in all the hiring, um, but we're now over 260 people now, and so and, and adding all the time. Uh, and if I and if we can, then I get involved. And that's changed perhaps in the last two or three years as we become a more mature mid-sized business, uh, rather than in the startup years where you're looking for a different mix of of people that are a bit more like Swiss Army knife, you know, the, you're hiring somebody to run sales, but they can do a couple of other things as well. And as the business grows, you, you then tend to be hiring specialisms and people that are good at a specific domain or bring that domain expertise. Uh, and I think whether it's a senior person or whether it's somebody on the front line of, of looking after customers, what we uh, think a lot about in our business is, is, is people. Um, we've gone through this transition from personnel and then it was like HR, human resources. All of our human resources is one of the least human terms you can come up with. You know what I mean? Actually, it's people. Just call them people. Think about people in your business. Think about what people like, what people need, and create an environment that, that gives purpose, gives meaning. Choosing somewhere to work eight hours a day is a life choice. And it's not just a job. It's not just where you kind of hang out and kind of give, give over your services in return for a salary. Think about the environment. Think about your culture. Think about your values. And so when we're hiring people, we're very interested clearly in what their capabilities are. And the CV is a bit of a kind of brochure that says, well, this is where I come from. But we're really interested in the person that, that we're looking at. Um, what are their attitudes? What are their hopes and desires? What did they get out of life? What sense of meaning or purpose are they looking for? And does that align with, with what we're doing? And so we talk about that a lot. I think we're in this world where, and I think it's probably fair to say that uh, customer service, the standard of customer service in businesses in the UK, I think is a lot better than it was 30 years ago. So 30 years ago, customers, we didn't have a great reputation for customer service. I think um, technology and CRM systems and automation has helped that. I think our expectations are higher because of the internet and kind of instant gratification online. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that businesses recognize the commercial value of customer service more than they did perhaps 30 years ago. I think the same is now happening for people. I think if businesses have invested in systems and strategies on how to look after their customers, I think businesses, the businesses that will succeed in the next couple of decades are doing the same right now. For people. No, I love that. We had an event yesterday and the head of talent from O2 came to speak. And for our small businesses in the audience, it was kind of brilliant to hear from a head of talent from a big corporation about some, you know, because the processes in terms of attracting and retaining people, I think are the same whether you're big or small. And I think it's nice for small companies to learn from the bigger ones in terms of just how it's done. And similarly, she was kind of saying, you've just got to focus on the talent that's in the business. But one question I have for you, it really intrigues me about Zero. is um, I've been to ZeroCon. I can see that every Zero employee pretty much I've ever met wears Zero. You're wearing your Zero jacket at the moment. I know people can't see this, but I can. You know, they wear their Zero t-shirts with pride. 
you've got an incredible culture within the business. And yet this is a business that does have offices in New Zealand, in the US, in Asia, in the UK. How have you managed to keep that culture alive across international borders? We have to work at it. Um, I hope I'm not sounding too cynical here, but I've I've been in business a long time and you walk into some business environments and they'll have like motivational posters on the wall or company value posters on the wall. And I think my view is that in, in a mature business, like a mission statement or values posters, I think are remedial because you know, that sounds like the business might have lost connection with its purpose or its direction or who it's serving. And it's kind of trying to get back in touch with that. And we had the privilege when we got going of baking that in from the beginning. And so for us, uh, we, 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 have our, we have five values. Uh, we, have our, we have our posters. We have our screensavers. We have all these kind of corporate like values furniture around the business. But for us, it's a preservative. It's not a destination. It's like, this is how we are. And we absolutely must preserve that. And, and in doing so from the very beginning, and uh, we, 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 we've, we've worked to do that. Every time we hire a whole bunch of people, so but once a month, all of our new start, sit down with me and I talk about our values for an hour. Nice. What does it mean to, what do our values mean to me? What does it mean to be here? What is, what is defining our culture? Um, and, and to reinforce that, because I think we're paranoid that if we stop doing that... <laughs> People will stop knowing absolutely. what they are. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and they think, oh, wait a minute, when did we start doing this? Or when did we stop doing that? Six months later. So reinforcement um, as a preservative and being very deliberate about what you stand for and then and sharing with your people the importance of upholding that. And what happens when it goes wrong? And I don't know if you've had this, I'm guessing with 260 people just in the UK alone, you must have had this, when someone comes in and they just feel these are not the values that I share, or indeed you feel this is not a good fit. What would be your advice? You know, lots of entrepreneurs who would be listening thinking, you know, I love it when I make a great hire, but what on earth do I do when I make a not so great hire? Has that ever happened to you? And, and how did you deal with it? Um, it has happened um, rarely, I'm pleased to say. Um, I, I think we, we be, because that's a really unfortunate outcome for both parties, having gone down the route of hiring somebody to then discover they're not right. Um, and so we invest a lot of time at this selection stage. Um, for, for all roles, we do psychometric uh, assessments. And so we're just kind of joking a profile of, how does this person work? How do they work under pressure? What motivates them? What demotivates them? And we talk them through that through the interview stage, and and that sometimes is a good identifier, and it might and it might flag where actually this person's maybe not the right fit. They may they may be looking for a different kind of challenge, and so we are, we work hard to to make sure we don't hire badly. I think Alex Ferguson had this great kind of saying: "If there's doubt, I'm out." And, and we have this view that if we're interviewing people and if there's just like one little nagging doubt, then that's do probably it. a good idea not to do. So it's interesting. What you're saying is the more work that you put in at the beginning, yep. that pays off over the long term. Completely. And I know you also offer kind of international opportunities for your people, but there's a lot of talk at the moment. Again, this came up at an event we had yesterday around younger people now are looking for employment opportunities that don't necessarily require work-life balance because they just feel now that everything is life and work has to fit in with that. Are you seeing any differences? So Zero is 10 years old. You're now hiring younger people who are in development and PR and kind of sales, marketing. Are you seeing any different requirements that the younger generations want compared to when you were hiring maybe a decade ago? Um, I think we are seeing a difference in the kind of mix of experiences that people are looking for in, in, a, in, a, in their employment. Um, but I don't think that's exclusive to young people. I think actually middle-aged people or, or, or people <laughs> that have been around for a while are, are, are looking for the same 
flexibility, flexible working, um, uh, m- mixing their personal uh, kind of preferences or, or requirements to be there for their kids at a certain time in the morning and not having to kind of like drop the kids off at school at, at half seven because they have to be in office for nine o'clock. And, and in simple things like that and flexibilities like that. Um, and, uh, but I think it's universal. I don't think it's young people. I think, I think what we, we often talk, and, and we have like great coffee and pool tables and everything else. And people of my generation, I'm, I'm 49, I've been in business for a while. And, and we kept saying, the young guys don't know how good they have it these days. You know what I mean? I remember really having really bad coffee and no central heating and no air con and, and, and like rat poison lying around the place. And not complaining because that's just the Completely. way it was. But, but I think it's now, I think the standards of, of, of employment and, and and not every business gets this, but I think the businesses that get the the connection between building a great place for people to come and get the best out of your people will be the businesses that do well in the next couple of decades. And the ones that don't will be like the businesses 20 years ago that didn't think customer service was important. They won't be here in 20 years. Lovely. So the key message that's come out from you today, those that focused on their people will do well. And final question, 2018, what kind of year is this going to be for Zero? What's kind of coming up that you, your people can look forward to? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, we, 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 uh, we always, and again, one of these things, we always say, this is the year. You know, this is the, the big year. And it turns out that, that it is actually, Every year. so this is the year <laughs> um, where we just continue to grow at an incredible rate. Um, We've got some really cool stuff in our products. I was at an event last night down in Bournemouth and, and the validation that we're getting from our customers is saying we're still doing good stuff and they're still really transforming the, the lives of small businesses. And so our motivation is just how, how many more businesses can we help in the next 12 months? Um, we're over a quarter of a million though. It wouldn't be amazing in a, in a couple of years to get half a million or even a million businesses. And, and actually just that and the, the feedback that we get just motivates us to come up with really good ideas and with supporting businesses and we'll just be doing a lot more of that this year. Amazing. Well, we look forward to watching. So the history has been fantastic in the past decade, so we'll keep watching. Gary Turner, thank you so much for joining us today. That was the Small Business Sessions from Enterprise Nation, powered by Zero. Go to enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast to find out more. And big thanks to audio and podcast production service Podraffy for producing this show. See you next time.